There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. How do you feel at practice today? And do you kind of change the size of like what you're wearing on your finger? How much of a process is that? Yeah, look, uh, I, I felt okay throwing the ball today. Um, again, it was kind of one of those things Sunday where I felt like I was able to do what I needed to do. And I think that will be, again, a, a work in progress throughout this week to see what my effectiveness is. As far as what I, <clears throat> what I do, as far as the splint and tape and all that, um, we've tried a handful of different things already. Uh, we'll continue to try other things and figure out what works best. I think Taysom Hill and Drew Brees spent way too much time together. Is he starting to look like him or what? God, right? he sounds like him. I know. He has the same demeanor. Right. He looks like same him. Now he's kind of like he's the he's the he's the, uh, we love Drew. He's the after Drew, not the before. He's the after about three months in the gym. He's a bigger Drew. Yeah, he's but, a bigger but Drew, But he, right. he, he talks like him, sounds like him, moves like him while he's talking, everything. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Oh, you know, we, we see that. You know, when you're kind of the guy that's behind the guy, you start to copy and do little things, and all of a sudden you start to – you watch film of practice, and you're going, damn, I'm, I'm going to look like him because you go, wait, his mechanics are great. Let me copy him, what he's doing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure that's, that, that there's an aspect of that that's, that's very real, but – yeah, it'd be interesting to that, see. You know, that's why it's better to back up Drew Brees than to back up Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. No doubt about it, because they're because you want to you want to yeah. mimic the things that you can do, <laughs> right. not right. the things that only they and no one else on the planet can do. No doubt about it. Right, we talked about with Jordan Love, right? Because we were like, wait, with Jordan Love in the Kansas City game, he made a few throws where he tried to look like or throw it like Aaron Rodgers, and I was just going, no, just be textbook quarterback mechanical guy right now. You're not ready to be Aaron Rodgers, no doubt. Hey, but the Taysom Hill thing, it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with this finger. It certainly sounds like it's a little more critical than than maybe uh, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati or anything like that. So, um, you know, again, we saw it affected him throwing the football there after it happened last week, like greatly. Burrow, it didn't seem like it affected quite the same way. Taysom, we saw some throws where he went, whoa, that came out of his hand really funny. And as you could tell, he's still dealing with it. So, uh, be interesting to see how he does here on Sunday, or if he can do it. Well, he had a splint. I know on the finger. I know he finished the game with the splint on the finger. He has mallet finger, which is it's not identical. I mean, we heard mallet fingers relates to Russell Wilson. Wilson, I think Wilson had mallet finger plus. 
because he missed multiple games and had to have surgery with a pin that went straight down his middle finger. So it's not as bad as Wilson, but it's still an injury to one of the fingers on your throwing hand. And he played the game with a splint on. And what that did, that really activated Tayanon, the flip side of Tuanon, the same, and it may be the same group, I don't know, but there's that group out there that is irrationally in love with Tua Tagovailoa, and then there's this group out there that irrationally hates Taysom Hill and cheers every time he fails. Oh, I know. He had he had a busted finger when he threw three of his interceptions. And he didn't have Alvin Kamara. He doesn't have a receiver that anyone's ever heard of, all due respect to the guys that are on the roster. And he still ran for over 100 yards. But, oh, he sucks because he had four interceptions. I got a lot of stuff on that on social media, no doubt about it. Oh, me too. Yeah, because I said things too last week, like Taysom Hill is every bit as accurate as Tua. And you know, of course, oh that, that, that got you used got both ends. Yeah, you got you got it from two right, and on and right. from Tay. So on. that was very funny. And then you know, there's some idiots on there who don't. I, they don't know if they watch the game. I wanted to be like, wait, are are you stupid? Or are you just dumb? Or are you mean? Which one is it? The guy pl- hurt his finger halfway through the first quarter. And again, where I'd argue, and then see, this is where I'm going to sound like a Tua hater. Listen, the whole world can throw the ball five yards over the middle. You don't need to draft a quarterback at number five in the draft to throw the ball five or six yards over the middle. Or like Logan Ryan said, run to the left and throw the ball one yard into the flat. I mean, it's a real thing. So, I mean, you put Taysom Hill in that situation, yeah. But they asked Taysom Hill to throw the ball 50 yards down the field, 40 yards down the field, 30 yards down the field, things they don't even ask Tua. So, idiots on Twitter, shut up. You're an idiot. Get off Twitter and learn something else. Watch something else. You're an idiot. Thank you. Oh, 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 plenty of the idiots out there were having fun with my tweet from a couple of years ago after the Vikings beat the Saints in the playoffs and Taysom Hill was clearly the best player on the field that day. And anybody who watched that game knows it. And I know Paul Allen, our good friend who does play-by-play for the Vikings, I talked to him after. He's like, I can't believe they didn't use this guy more. We don't win this game. If they use this guy a little bit more, he was unstoppable. And that was when it was on the the cusp of what are they going to do? Are they going to make him the guy? Is Drew coming back? And I I don't know what's happened since then. He hasn't developed to meet the potential that we saw that day. But that day, the day that I tweeted that in the aftermath of tweeting that, he was the best player on the field in a playoff game, and he had a combination of throwing the ball and running the ball that we just don't see. And uh, it hasn't matched it since then. But, yeah, three interceptions with a busted finger. I mean, give the guy a break, and he doesn't have any help around him. Uh, we'll see what happens this week if he yeah. can play against the Jets. Joe Burrow, pinky finger, did not practice Wednesday. Expects to play on Sunday against the 49ers. Rematch of Super Bowls 16 and 23. Dislocated pinky against the Chargers. Uh, we've heard nothing to suggest he won't play. He says he'll play. Coach says he'll play. But he didn't practice on Wednesday. So that tells you there's something going on there if you can't go out and throw the ball around a little bit. Yeah, maybe just trying to get a little stronger, a little more rest, you know, let those ligaments tighten up just a little bit. Uh, Yeah, took a good shot on the finger. Now, where it's different to me than Taysom Hill, you know, one, we explained, you know, the grip. See how that pinky finger's underneath the laces. I don't necessarily think with his grip that the pinky finger is a a deal breaker as far as controlling the football. And where it's different than Taysom Hill, too, is the fact of I go, man, I mean, Joe Burrow made some unbelievable throws from that point on. You know, so, yeah, it's probably going to be painful and a pain in the butt, like I talked about the other day, especially when you release the ball and let your hand go limp, that's when it really hurts those dislocated fingers. But, man, 
you know, between Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, where there's some high quality throws in that football game. Burrow played phenomenal. He really did. Um, you know, so we'll see. But I, I expect him to be still dangerous against the 49ers on Sunday. All right, five weeks to go. Playoff picture has been up and down and all over the place. We're going to try to make sense of it with a game of what's more likely when PFT Live continues right after this. All I know is right now, we're in control of our own destiny right now. You know, we're sitting 8 and 4. Um, we just got to go, go grind it out and get W's. I'm taking them a game at a time. That's, that's all I can do right now. I can't focus on the playoffs right now. You know, it's how many games left? We, if we're 12 games, we got five games left. You just got to try to win these out, and then, then we can talk about playoffs. But for sure, that's our goal. Lamar Jackson, Ravens quarterback, as they try to hold it together. War of attrition. They're losing the war of attrition. Good God, the injuries they've had this year all the way back to training camp. But amazing. at the same time, this is a testament to John Harbaugh. This guy, when, when we start identifying best coaches in football, he gets overlooked. Right? Agreed. You hear Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. Harbaugh's in that category. Yes. Sean Payton. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to add others that deserve that kind of attention. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, you know, you, they, they, I'm thinking Mike Vrabel. Yeah, start leaving people out. You're going to get but no, but but Harbaugh, stuff. I think is all even of the upper class but, of those guys. <laughs> I think Harbaugh belongs up there. You know, Belichick, of course, is the top of the mountain, but Harbaugh belongs needs to be up there with you know to Andy Reid, Sean Mike Payton, Tomlin, Mike didn't Tomlin. Him. Exactly. That that to me, they're in a little bit of a. Uh, a second tier class behind Belichick that you're right. Harbaugh for whatever reason does not quite get named in that category enough. I agree with you. Okay. So what's more likely the Ravens who have a one game lead in the AFC North lose that to a team like the Bengals or the Steelers or the Cowboys lose their hold on the NFC East. I can't believe I'm saying that to the Washington football team which is two games back with five to play and two games to go against Dallas, which is more likely. I'm going to go with Baltimore on this one. You know, again, I don't feel warm and cozy about Dallas. I don't. There's some issues there right now. I don't know, you know, their defense is starting to show that, you know, kind of the flaws that we thought it had, but it was kind of turnovers and, and things were making up for it. Uh, Washington playing good football, but Baltimore, like what you said, first I just don't know how good Baltimore is. You know, they have injuries. There's some underwhelming parts of their team. They are inconsistent. You know, their run game's not the same as years past. It's Lamar Jackson. Period. You know, after the first drive and a few game plan plays and teams get used to it, they can't run the football after that. You know, and then you add, I think what the kicker is to me to pick Baltimore is their schedule: Browns, Packers, Bengals, Rams, Steelers. Holy crap! That's a tough schedule right there. You know, so I, I I'll go with Baltimore on this one over Dallas uh, by a close one. Well, it's not that it's not as close for me. I think Baltimore is the choice. The fact that we're even including Dallas is stunning. Yeah. When you consider where the Cowboys were and where Washington was, Washington was two and six. Here they are, four straight wins in a row later, and now you've got the Cowboys coming up. In Washington, oh boy, I, you know, when I was making my picks last night in anticipation for the Joint Mega Picks podcast, which we'll tape later today, I wrestled with that one. And uh, Washington's just got a vibe right now. So it's, clo- it's, it's close, but I would have never dreamed it would be close. 
I would have assumed Baltimore, yes, but it's the Cowboys need to worry. And and we've said about Washington, they've got two paths to the playoffs, wild card and they could still win the division. Most yeah. of the teams in the hunt right. and clinging to the wild card berths in the NFC, they're only getting in if they get a wild card berth. All right, what's more likely, the Patriots lose the top seed in the AFC or the Cardinals squander the number one position in the NFC? Well, like you look at, and to me, this is, again, these are two phenomenal football teams. You look at the schedule. Uh, this is, to me, where it just goes schedule. You go Patriots with the Colts, the Bills, the Jaguars, the Dolphins. You know, still, I, you know, three out of those four games, are they're in the balance. I, I, I look at that and go, I mean, they could lose to the Colts, the Bills, and the Dolphins. There's no doubt about that. Arizona, you know, their schedule not real easy either. When you look at it and go Rams, Lions, Colts, Cowboys, Seahawks, uh, I, I, I guess if I'm going to choose one here, I, I, I'm really torn, as you can see. I, I, I'm, I think I'm going to go the Cardinals lose the top seed in the NFC. I am. Just the way the Patriots are playing, I don't know. This is just a gut feel. I don't have anything like particular to say. I just go, man, the Patriots are playing really good football on both sides. The Cardinals are really good. Um, I guess I'll, but they, they still, they got the Rams this weekend. You know, there's just, I guess I just got to see a little bit more for me to think that. And it's weird to say, cause I think the Cardinals are really damn good. But think about the Patriots getting their bye now, getting extra time for the final four yeah. games of the regular season. Boy, who did that happen for last year that they had extra time before their final four games of the regular season? Yeah, the Bucks. So they can get rested. They right. can collect. They can self-scout themselves. They can do what they need to do to really shore up any weaknesses they may have and get ready for the stretch run. I think the, the Cardinals are far more likely to lose the top seed because they're okay. holding on to it by one game. Yeah. If they're in a two-way tie with the Packers – Packers have it. Now, three-way tie gets a little more complicated because the Bucks and the Packers didn't play. The Bucks and the Cardinals didn't play. So you start doing different tiebreakers to resolve it. But uh, I, I just think the Cardinals are more likely well, to lose it. All right. No, wait, wait. Go ahead. You, made a, you made a good point there, too. You know, I, I think the competition we can look at has got to be a part of that conversation. You're right. You lose that tiebreaker to Green Bay. You know, Tampa, of course, you know, nipping at their heels. New, New England – you know, they got the advantage of they beat Tennessee, who's still the second team in the AFC. Baltimore, we just talked about, has a really tough schedule. I would imagine them losing a game or two, maybe. I do. And, you know, Kansas City been in so inconsistent. I can't just sit here and go, oh, yeah, Kansas City's definitely going to win the rest of their games. I think that's why you, I think we probably both lean towards uh, New England in that one. Yeah, it's it's packed together in the AFC, and when it's packed together, advantage greatest coach who's ever coached. Huge advantage greatest coach who's ever coached when it's all packed together like that because he's going to find a way to do what he needs to do to keep navigating the schedule. What's more likely, the Bills miss the playoffs or the 49ers fail to make the 17 field in the NFC? Wow, that's another tough one. I mean, I, I guess if you're going to make me choose either one here, I, I'm going to go that the 49ers miss the playoffs. I am. You know, the 49ers, I look as a playoff team, and, man, if they got in, I think they could be dangerous. But they seem to have a little bit of that Chiefs disease this year to where they just mess up certain games. It's, it's like, you know, it's, it's hard to explain. But some of the mistakes made last week during that game, you know, and then, of course, their schedule with the Bengals, the Titans still on there, the Rams still on there. You know, man, that's those are three games that are certainly in the balance. Buffalo... Even though, like, I'm a little worried about them and they do have a tougher schedule, 
I look at that as just going, man, they got the Bucks this week. They got New England again. They can win either game. I don't know if they will, but I expect them to win the other three games. I guess that's where I look at it to go, okay, you know, there they are, 10-7. and seven, They're in the playoffs. I don't know if I'm going to be able to say that about, you know, the 49ers, and, and especially, like, like we said, they, we've seen them mess up a lot this year. This is a real test for the Bills, though. This is serious adversity they've yeah. encountered after a season that began with them looking like the only dominant team in football. There was a stretch early on when they were 4-1. and one. They were kicking the crap out of everyone. They had a run of dominance in four straight victories that I think was unprecedented. We had a story about it at PFT, and then something happened. They hit a wall, and now after the... Monday night loss at home to the Patriots, a game that back in September we would have never dreamed the Bills would lose. Yeah. Short week, trip to Tampa where the Buccaneers are very tough to beat. And you, you're seeing cracks in the foundation for Buffalo no now. No doubt. Some no of the doubt. Sean McDermott comments after the game, I think the pressure is starting to really overtake this team. It could get ugly for them on Sunday. Now, they still got time on the back end to try to fix it, but... They're going to hit their low point Sunday. I don't think Monday night was the low point. I think Sunday in Tampa is going to be the low point. Let's take a break. We just talked about Bill Belichick. I think he's the greatest NFL coach of all time. Maybe the greatest coach of any sport of any time. Will he be the coach of the year for 2021? We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. Courtesy of PointsBet, Coach of the Year odds. There he is at the top of the stack. He's won it three times before. I was surprised to see he's won it three times before. He could win it every year. If technically it's the best coach of the year, he should win it every year. Plus 125. Cliff Kingsbury, the Cardinals coach at 250. But Belichick, the favorite. Matt LaFleur, at least he's in the conversation. Finally, He needs to get more credit for what he's done with the Packers. But 
What Belichick's done this year, and I know that it's just coach, not executive of the year, but it's hard to separate the two. The moves he made in the offseason to lay the foundation for the team that he now has, and it's all working. It's all been validated. I think that's why we actually saw a smile from him after the game on Monday night because that was the not the ultimate final act. That would be hoisting a Lombardi trophy. But where he is right now, entering this very late bye week, what they had planned is coming to fruition. Yeah, no, I. It's a tough one this year, you know. I mean, yes, what Cliff Kingsbury's done, Arizona, you know. Yeah, we didn't see it coming. We knew how talented they were. We just weren't sure if they were going to put it together. So it certainly needs to be, you know, at top two in this discussion. But man, Belichick too, you know, to totally rehaul the football team between free agency drafts and a rookie quarterback. Uh, and now we're sitting here after a shaky start to where we go, whoa, we're in mid-December, and guess what? The Patriots are back. I mean, they're looking like they're shaping up to be, you know, one of the best teams in football again for the next four or five years. And it's like they're the best playing the best football in the NFL right now, this second. That That's where I think it's amazing. And yeah, it, you know, it's the gift and the curse there with Belichick. You're right. He can win it every year. I mean, 2014, as bad as they looked early in the year, and then they just win every game from basically there on and beat Seattle in the Super Bowl. Crap, he should have won it that year. You know, so I, don't, I guess as the, the year's gone on where I, I think three or four weeks ago I was like, Cliff Kingsbury is the guy. Uh, I, I tend to be leaning Belichick right now uh, over Kingsbury. What, what about you? I'm leaning Belichick now, and it's always difficult because I think that with the coach of the year, the understanding very loosely and generally is it's the guy who exceeded the expectations going yeah. into the season yeah. the most. And Kingsbury was a hot seat guy right. going into the season. Right. It felt like it was in the process of crumbling on Cliff Kingsbury, not working out as well as it has. So I think it comes down to the two of them. But given that the Patriots hit a low point last year – and it felt like it was over. Yeah, it New felt England like fans kind of turned on him a little. Yeah, it, it, Brady was be a the reason they time. won. Brady, it was yep. Brady because they won the Super Bowl, so it was Brady. It wasn't Belichick. You know, there was some certainly some you know crap out there that wasn't uh, true either. But you're right. I mean, both are amazing stories, and I'm glad you give some love to Matt Lafleur, who's you know only just deals with the most dysfunctional crap every year for three years in a row and doesn't blink an eye, and the team kicks butt. I mean, the first year, will him and Rodgers coexist? I don't know. Is he going to let him have freedom at the line of scrimmage to audible? Oh, okay, they got that right. Oh, 13 and 3. And then it's the drafting of the quarterback. And then, oh, it doesn't matter, 13 and 3. And then this year, wanting to trade and everything there, I might retire, all those kind of things. Oh, here we are back again, you know, 9 and 3 right now. I mean, it's, it's a damn good job at LaFleur, too. The thing that gets overlooked is the navigation of difficult personalities, yeah, starting with right. Rodgers. Right. Because it was Rodgers, if you remember, who blew up the whole audible thing. That yeah, He's the one who made right, that an issue right. by talking to Mike Silver about it when he went up there to interview LaFleur and Rodgers together. And LaFleur understanding, I am dealing with a quarterback who is a different kind of a guy. I mean, what did Mark Murphy say? The CEO of the team, he's a complicated fella. Yeah. And LaFleur has learned how to tiptoe around a delicate genius in Aaron Rodgers. And LaFleur's learned how to coexist when he's caught between Rodgers and Murphy and Brian Gutekunst. And what's LaFleur done? He's kept his eye on the prize. Well, they haven't made it to the Super Bowl yet, but they've been 13-3, and 13-3, and 9-3 and 
amid the potential at any given moment for all sorts of full-blown dysfunction, that's a credit to LaFleur, and he doesn't get enough credit for it. No, he does not. That's exactly right. It's, 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 uh, managing personalities is a huge part of being a success, successful head coach, and that's what the good one's done. And that's another one I'd go, you know, hey, Belichick doesn't get enough credit for that in that department either. You know, just hey, there's very few guys that get brought in there or any issues out of that team almost ever because they have a way with people and players that they can make them feel good even when circumstances are not great. But, yeah, you're right. You're spot on about LaFleur. Man, has he done some some great things there. Well, and Belichick knows how to find guys who fit what fit they, what they want. want to do. Right. Just no like doubt. Mac Jones. Right. He does exactly what Bill Belichick wants, when Belichick wants it, how Belichick wants it. No questions asked, yeah. no bristling, no right. problems. It it helps to have the eight rings. Well, you it have does. a little extra credibility in yeah. the locker room when you have the eight rings. No, no doubt about it. That, but you know, you, you know, even to say that, like he he can bring in guys like Randy Moss and Aqib Talib, where people are like, oh gosh, these guys got well, a lot of personality. They can, and there's never an issue. Darrell Revis, there's never an issue. You're right. The rings certainly help. Uh, but you know he has brought some person out dealing with Gronk. That was not necessarily you know New England type of guy. Uh, he he's got a little bit more of a, a gift there than I think people give him credit for. He's not the robot everybody thinks he is. Talib said on the Manning cast this week that Belichick had three rules: be on time, know your assignments, and be careful what you say to the media. Other than that. He didn't care. And they even got to the point where they're laughing about doing a morning walkthrough in pajamas. It's fitting today since, according to my wife, I'm wearing my pajamas. <laughs> Bill didn't care what you wore to work. He didn't care about that. No. He just wanted you to be there, wanted you to be engaged, and not and wanted you to not pop off your mouth to the media and create yeah. problems that the team would then have to deal with. And it's a very simple approach. <laughs> but, you know, you have to be willing to do it, and they find the guys. The, the year I was there, guys were wearing onesies. To the to to the uh, to, well, that's what they said. They talked the about facilities. onesies, onesies, and that yeah. Akeeb was there. The year I was there was the year they traded for guys were wearing onesies to be comfortable and hang around. And yeah, he didn't care if you went out there in the damn walkthrough wearing a onesie. You knew you you, you were here on time. You knew your assignments. I mean, you know, you 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 could put a dress on and some lipstick. He didn't give a damn. Go ahead, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do. Let's go. Did it have the feet? Was it one? Yes, was it a onesie total, with the feet total in it? onesies. Yes, total onesies. And it became a thing a little bit with the team where I would say on a given Wednesday, you'd have like eight, 12 guys wearing onesies because they were like, damn, this is comfortable. I don't give a damn if I'm a grown man. And uh, they went with it. <laughs> did it have the two buttons and the flap on the back, too? Some that's of it did. Some of them did. Wear. Yeah, some of them that's had funny. like a flap on the back. Yes, they did. They did. It was crazy. <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> Matchup draft for week 14 when VFD Live continues right after this. What age were you when you recognized, and more importantly, right. Phil recognized that you could take him if it went down? Uh, it had probably been like, you know, college, later college, where he might have been like, oh, man, the heck, you're too big now. The heck, we're messing around with. It wasn't like your normal, wait, I'm about to be an NFL football player, and I'm 6'5", 235, and I could take dad now. Dad was still like 
working out hard. Early in my career in the NFL, we'd go to the gym every now and then and work out, right, in the offseason, and we'd lift, and he he would outlift me in certain certain exercises, yeah. and I'd be embarrassed. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, that's gosh. great. <laughs> that is great. Um, I can still remember that. I was there for some of the filming. I'm I'm there in the background watching some of this going, what in the hell is my dad doing? I don't know what the hell this is. (laughs) That's great. Okay, enough. Enough, please. Peter Peter King looks very concerned. It's the most (laughs) exercise Peter's gotten in a long time in that 30 seconds (laughs) there. All right, week 14 matchup draft. Chris, you're up. All right, I I think what I'm going to start with is the the Buffalo-Tampa Bay game. Big game for Buffalo. Uh, I do think that they could beat Tampa Bay. It's not going to be easy, but one of the things I look at, you know, I, I also could maybe see Tampa Bay dominating them, blowing them out. And that's where I get into like Josh Allen versus the Bucks pass rush. You know, if, if he is protected, I do think he'll be able to make some plays against the Tampa secondary that, you know, hasn't been on its P's and Q's here over the last few weeks to where he'll, he'll make some plays, but if the Tampa D line gets after him and they kind of dominate that Bills offensive line, I think it could be a really long day. It really could. It could be, you know, I don't want to say like Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, but something similar to that. If he has time to sit back there and hang and break the pocket and wait a little bit more and do that, then maybe they have a chance to pull off the upset in Tampa Bay. But that's certainly a matchup I'll be watching. Yeah, I agree with you. That's on my list too. And as I said earlier, I just this this is not coming at a good time for the Bills. Not a good time at all. Short week on the road after that tough Monday night game against the Patriots. Not good for the Bills at all. I'm going to go with the rematch of the Sunday night game from a couple of weeks ago. The Ravens and the Browns. This is mm. the first time that the Ravens are ever with Lamar Jackson at quarterback underdogs against the Browns. Lamar Jackson versus the Browns defense. And we've seen, and Mike Tomlin talked about this last week, the cat and mouse game that you play with the Ravens offense. That Thursday night game a few weeks back, the Dolphins blitzing Lamar Jackson repeatedly. Then the Browns played their regular defense more and you'd say what do you what to expect what are you really doing here and then he had the the day against the Steelers where he wasn't spectacular this is a guy who was an MVP two years ago uh what are the Browns going to do are they going to yeah. show him similar looks to what they saw on Sunday night right are they going to mix it up are they going to bring the house what are they going to do and and is it going to knock Lamar Jackson off his game because it's not quite one man band but it's not it's, far it's from not, it. It's not what it was two years ago. No. And that offense is struggling every week to put up points. Yeah, 100%. You're right. It's, it's you know, and I, I know we've talked about this a lot. Even five weeks ago when they were really good, there were still, like, questions where you go, man, can they continue to play and be consistent this way? You know, they were winning by the skin of their teeth, and there's some issues there. And, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, the Browns, what will they do? Will they decide to blitz more? They have the personnel to contain Lamar Jackson and the speed on the edge and the speed at linebacker to contain them. Um, we'll see if they can not screw it up themselves a little bit like they did on that Sunday night football game and lost. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to a similar theme that we've, we've both have picked here again. You know, uh, one of the big game, Monday night football, Rams Cardinals. You know, I, I'm going to go the same thing. Kyler Murray versus the Rams pass rush. I don't mean to be repetitive, but to me, it's a big thing. I mean, the Rams pass rush, where the hell is it? Where the hell is the Rams pass rush? You know, I, I mean, I'm not sure, but I don't think Von Miller's got a sack there yet, right? I mean, Aaron Donald, as you see, he's not as quite as dominant as years past. He's still awesome, but he's no longer the slam dunk NFL defensive MVP. You know, Leonard Floyd. I mean, that just 
I, I'm, I'm a little underwhelmed by them so far, all of them. They got to get after Kyler Murray. If they don't get after Kyler Murray and contain him and put pressure on him, they're not going to win the football game. They're not, and I'm disappointed in that pass rush to this point. You know, I'm going to another rematch of a Sunday night game when we saw the Chiefs against the Raiders in Las Vegas a few weeks back. I, I, one of the things that decided it for me was Andy Reid versus Rich Bisaccia, yeah, the guy who yeah. was never a head coaching candidate anywhere, and he, he was in the right place at the, at the wrong time for John Gruden. But I, I go back to Reid Bisaccia. Reid Bisaccia. I'm, well, I think that's one of the pri- – and, and this is no disrespect intended to Rich Bisaccia, but he would have never gotten that job. If John Gruden had been fired when they first found out or pushed out when they first found out about the yeah. emails – they wouldn't have hired Rich Passaccia to be the coach. It was just the guy they tapped on the shoulder when they had no other alternative. And the other extra little kick for Andy Reid, they were pissed off last year when the Raiders won and did the, the buses around the stadium. Yeah, right. They haven't forgotten that. No. So that, that, I got a feeling that one's going to be ugly, too. Let's I take a break. You. We'll do round yeah. three of the matchup draft when we wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. All right, let's wrap up the matchup draft for week 14. Chris, what do you got round three? I'm going to go Bengals D-line versus 49ers O-line, 49ers rushing game. 49ers got the seventh-ranked rushing offense in football. Bengals got the fourth-ranked rushing defense in football. You know, to me, that's going to go a long way to win the football. You know, as you saw last week, you know, the 49ers, if they can't dominate in the run game, you know, it just, uh-oh, then we got to rely on Jimmy G. He makes two bad mistakes. I mean, if the Bengals can somewhat handle the 49ers' run game, and I don't know if we're going to see Debo Samuel this week, um, I, I think that's going to be a, a go a long way to them winning this football game at home, and I believe they're underdogs to the 49ers at home. I'll give the Sunday night game a little love. The Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who's returning from the rib injury against the Green Bay defense. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see, hey, if the Bears are going to have a chance to reverse the ownership of Aaron Rodgers of the Chicago franchise, Justin Fields is going to be the guy who kind of starts that trend because this is going to be for a while now presumably Justin Fields is the guy against the Packers. Let's see what he can do in his first shot. All right, a little throwback Thursday on the way out the door. Although I really don't Here want to do this. Here we go. Dun, 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 dun. We have it. All right. Super Bowl Nine, Tulane Stadium, Woo, January 1975. Go Steelers. Go Steelers. You know, I really shouldn't have called for this. Ah, uh, damn. Your team yeah, can't even the, hand the ball off. Jeez. It was scoreless at that the time. There's the safety. Franco Harris was unstoppable that day. It was a Super Bowl rushing record for a single game. I think it was like 132 yards. Right. The only touchdown for the Vikings that day was on a blocked Bobby Walden punt. Damn. They missed the extra pointer. It would have been 16-7. to There's Terry Bradshaw Purple rolling people right. eaters got steel Rocky curtain. Rocky Blyer's in the end zone. He cuts it inside to Larry Brown, I think that was. Tight end. God, that was a long day. 16 to 6. Anytime there's a game now, all these years later, that finishes 16 to 6, I get a little pissed off. Yes. Yeah. Even I'm, today. 16 yeah, to 6. You remember those. Tonight's scores. score 16 to 6. See you. I hope. Well, I hope it's a good night. See ya.